Welcome to another episode of War Stories. I'm Tom. And I'm Chuck. And uh, as we like to do occasionally, we're gonna be uh we're gonna be batting some cleanup on this episode. Uh we don't have a guest today, it's just me and Chuck, and we've had enough questions and emails and requests that uh they pile up and we try to get to them uh and do episodes like this because we don't we, we have so much <laughs> packed into our episodes with guests and stories that we don't often have time to to deal with some of this other stuff right yeah that and things get crazy and sometimes we just need to take a step back and talk about some things Mm, especially with what's going on there's some videos going out there we've been asked about there's an email i got um or a dm i got uh we figured we'd address so uh i think we should just get right to it what do you think i agree so the first one i got was i got a um I got a DM from someone and uh, it's basically it's like an email, you know, um, from Blair. He says, guys, I was listening to last straw part two yesterday uh, and you were talking about how a department treats you after a shooting. Fortunately, mind is a pretty good job. I was involved in a shooting last month, along with others in my unit. We did our work, secured the scene. Then they got us off the X and back to our office. We ate and hung out until Georgia Bureau of Investigations got there to take our pictures and collect guns. IA just gave us a quick individual briefing on our admin leave rules, gave us a loaner weapon, and we went home. I was off for a little over three weeks, and some some guys came back after two without hassle. Our IA has since said in the future, even the officers that did not pull the trigger but were on the X will be given some admin leave as mental health priority. Uh, Makes me angry when I hear of leadership failing their people by forcing along a process after such an event. Thanks for your time. And I love the podcast, Blair. So wow. that's cool. Wow. That is an agency that fucking gets it. That right there. Even when he said that there was uh, their internal affairs even says, we're going to give guys off who are not the shooter for mental health, because they understand that just being a witness there involved in the incident can bring up issues and can drastically impact your ability to police. Yeah. So I, I just I wanted to read that one because I thought with all of our freaking talk about how departments are shitty, it is nice to hear that some departments uh, deal with it properly um, or at least are starting to maybe, you know, even if they haven't up until this point, maybe it's too late for some of the guys that dealt with it before, but uh, they, you know, they're doing it now. And it, unfortunately, sometimes it takes breaking a couple of people before people learn you know, how they should handle things, That's which sucks the right. for the guys that get broken, but yeah, but they're definitely taking a step in the right direction. Like that is probably the best I've seen an agency do it. Even one of the most renowned agencies in the world doesn't handle it like that, you know? Yeah. Well, sometimes bigger agencies just think they know better. You know, they're like, well, we know better. They do we know better than everybody else. So the moment they get told, oh, well, you're the you have, you know, the leading in, in innovation, which might be true because you just have so many people and so many resources to choose from. But you're not the leading in innovation and in, in everything. Other people get it right. And other people may take your own tools, use them and perfect it 
And they should take note of that because that right there, that right there is, is proper giving officers two, three weeks off, giving others time off. If they weren't, uh, they didn't pull the trigger. I mean, wow. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Makes you feel Uh, like they care about you. Well, yeah. And it feels like there's hope for some department, maybe, you know, all the guys that say, I wish I worked for a bigger agency. Uh, You know, sometimes the smaller agencies get it done. Yeah, sometimes they have the. I don't know how big this his agency is. To be fair, but uh, then this one's from Tony, uh, and this one is from some of our listeners down under. We always like hearing from them. Um, We got a good following down there. But it says good day from Australia. From Australia, it says Australia, but I'll say Australia. I'm currently listening to your uh, podcast about pretext stops. I've been on the job for 20 years. I'm a highway patrol officer, and I ride an unmarked police motorcycle, a Triumph Tiger XRT 1200. Now we got a picture with it, um, and let me tell you, it it's it's unmarked. It's legit. Like you can't tell. You can't tell. Um, it's just a motorcycle. You know, uh, he's worked. Um, he's worked in the district, and you know, I won't say where his whole career. Uh, but it's a funnel. If there's been a stolen car or something's going on, it always ends up in this area. There's one extreme to another from low socioeconomic areas and housing commission housing to the very rich. It's a very multicultural area. Juvenile crime is out of control, uh, breaking and entering of dwellings, stealing cars. It's all crazy. Every day we have stolen vehicles being picked up on ANPR cameras. I'm guessing those are the automated uh, license plate scanning cameras, but. You're like LPRs out here. Right, right, exactly. Uh, I want I want to share with you the difference here, and I want to know if if you have similar powers. And this was like what I find fascinating um, is the different powers that cops can do because we have the Constitution here that that defines what can and can't happen to our citizens. So it pretty much also defines police powers in a lot of ways. Right. So he says here uh, we have the power to stop any vehicle. We can conduct license checks conduct random blood uh, breath testing and random drug testing wow yeah. <laughs> random breath and drug testing can be conducted anywhere at any time we just intercept a vehicle anytime we want this power can Whoa. be easily used to then conduct roadworthy checks on a vehicle so that we are uh then in and you know what you can find <laughs> so, oh that's yeah we don't need tough. any but any Oof. probable cause to stop a car no fuck whoa wow that's, yeah right. I don't like that. I mean, but like, I do, but like I don't. As a time. cop, it's it, that would be amazing. But right, honestly, like the ability for abuse, yeah, is, is way up there. Is way way up there. I would so. say too much government overreach. However, you can get a lot of criminals off the road. I see both points of it. I don't like some of the points. I do like some, like we just yeah. mentioned. But it's like, but mm. man, that's a little slippery slope. Yeah. That's wild. It is crazy. Just any car for anything, you know, no probable cause. Just it is what it is. Like that. That's insane to me because it's just such a foreign. But it's like when you talk, when you hear other countries where you can get arrested for saying something, and we're like, dude, afraid to, you know, First Amendment here, you can say whatever you want. You know, it's also the same thing with the Second Amendment and all that. Look at Vegas. Look at Vegas in downtown Vegas. If you spit on the sidewalk or get caught urinating in public. And you're from out of town, and they can articulate the reason why you won't show up to court. They can hold you and to see a judge. They so it's over the weekend, it's an infraction or a misdemeanor. They can hold you as long as they can articulate it. So even mm-hmm. other states in the US have kind of like weird powers that that can um 
can really affect your weekend or your life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, so I don't know. I mean, our freedom to be, you know, freedom against search and seizure, freedom of, of speech, freedom in our homes, our, you know, our castle doctrines, all of these things that were ingrained in us. This is how I tell people, you know, when people come here from another country, they appreciate what we have oftentimes so much more than what we do. The, the people that were born mm-hmm. here and raised here, because you don't understand it's not like this other places. And right. I've seen all these posts. I've seen the people's holding up the poster that there is nowhere else to run. Like that, you know, you think about the last great expansion of quote unquote civilization. And I know people are going to, I don't want to get into the native Aboriginal, you know, American Indian native American debate, because yes, I do know that people walked across the land bridge and populated the, the Western hemisphere before colonial settlers. I'm talking about though, the actual pre-industrial revolution pushed to literally conquer the Western half of North America in the late you know middle to late 1800s that was it like we're i guess if you were to push north and try to grab land in canada or maybe try to tame antarctica but other than other than like greenland antarctica and some of northern canada there's nowhere else to push no we've kind of you know there's some there's some places in africa maybe that you know, but as Sam Kinison said, you don't want to go where the food doesn't grow. <laughs> I, I'm yeah, kidding. I, mean, I know, I know, food <laughs> grows in Africa, but but if you think about it, everywhere on the planet, pretty much, with the exception of Antarctica, has people. We're there. We're we're like we've totally, completely infected the whole planet, and this is the, this was the last place to run for freedom, and we're it. There's nowhere else. Where are you going to run? And people take for granted everything until it's gone and then they they realize what they lost when it's no longer there and they're like no i want it back i want it back i want it back yeah. well you, you you can't it's it's right you know unless you're gonna fight for it and sometimes it's it's kind of difficult you know what's that old so, expression you can vote your way into socialism but you got to shoot your way out exactly don't take what we have for granted protect it um there's a lot of a lot of things that I could segue into, to be quite honest. But don't take what you have for granted. Cherish it while it's here, because you won't know what you miss until it's fucking gone. Yeah, and this episode, we should we should say Happy Memorial Day to everybody. This episode is coming out on Memorial Day. Um, that's kind of one of the reasons we figured we'd give you know guests the time off. We would just handle this ourselves and talk about some some Memorial Day stuff and some some emails and, and messages and stuff like that. Because you know we just posted a video. Chuck just posted a video today as we're recording this that is uh, our thoughts on Memorial Day. And uh, our, our good friend Shannon Book over at Shannon Book Music, I uh, hope some of you guys have listened to his stuff. Um, he posted something, and I'm going to share it uh, here. I'll, I'll just read it for those of you who don't actually uh, or aren't able to follow us on social media or don't follow us on social media. But it's essentially uh, some thoughts on memorial day and and how people treat it that kind of thumbs up you know 
I want to say how people feel about it or how you should treat it when it's, when it comes to uh, celebrating and, and saying happy Memorial day. But essentially the idea is that if, if you're celebrating Memorial day, the guys that died, don't, don't make anybody feel guilty about, you know, barbecuing or celebrating Memorial day. It is a celebration in a lot of ways because the people that sacrificed everything, sacrificed everything just so you could do that very thing. It says, don't, don't be a cock bag and try to make people feel bad about having fun this weekend. Those that are gone are all the homies. They would want us to enjoy ourselves the way they can't. And if they saw you trying to make folks guilty about having a barbecue on a 96, they'd say somebody should yeet your ass down the stairs. Yeah. I mean, I wanted to read that directly because I felt like that really summed up the idea of Memorial Day and that idea of those freedoms we have. No offense to the cops in Australia that have some great copper powers to get into cars. Um, we have the vehicle code in at least in California. The vehicle code's forty thousand pieces of probable cause. There's something wrong with every car. No one drives perfectly. You just have to be patient and and know the law and do what know what to look for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but for all those out there uh, going to be celebrating this Memorial Day weekend, you know, have you know, I hope you're staying safe, having fun. Um, but but take a moment to remember those that made that that made life. The United States possible with freedoms and freedom of speech and, and everything, because without those brave men and women who sacrificed themselves, um, we wouldn't have what we had or have today. And so let's not take that for granted. Let's let's cherish those who who wrote that blank check and it ultimately got cashed. Um, yeah. Let's remember those those brave men and women. Uh, and I know that they would, just like Shannon said, they would want us to to have a good time. Because uh, I, yeah. they'd be doing the same thing. If I were president of the United States or I were in Congress or I were in the Senate or whatever, I would probably introduce a bill asking that we make Veterans Day and Memorial Day to include – Veterans Day would include active uh, members of law enforcement and Memorial Day would include members of law enforcement killed in the line of duty. Because you know, somebody asked me who were the defenders of the Constitution. I, I told them – you know, this was years ago before I became a cop. He was a he was a lieutenant with LAPD, and he says, "Who are the defenders of the Constitution?" I said, "Well, you know, the U.S. military." He goes, "No." I said, "What do you mean?" He goes, "Constitutional rights don't apply to foreign powers, and our military doesn't have authority to operate on American soil. Constitutional, you know, constitutional rights apply to American citizens, and the people that protect those American citizens' rights are supposed to be police officers." We're supposed to be upholding the values and defending the Constitution here at home. We're not supposed to be, you know, uh, letting the government overstep. We're not supposed to be doing, you know, that's the whole point. And I thought, you know, that's really poignant because he's right. Like the, you know, soldiers don't deal with the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, the Fourth Amendment, you know, the Fifth Amendment. They they swear to defend it against all enemies, foreign and domestic, and not let them come here and 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 kill us and take our freedoms away. But as far as the everyday defense of those freedoms as they pertain to the individual citizens, that's supposed to be law enforcement. We're the ones supposed to be making sure that somebody doesn't step on, trample your rights to say what you need to say in public. Somebody doesn't trample your rights to own a firearm. We're supposed to be making sure we don't illegally search and seize things. You know, we're, we're supposed to do things 
by the book. We're supposed to, you know, the whole point is, is that cops are smarter than crooks. We say we only catch the dumb ones because they have to break the rules to get away with it. We can play by the rules and still catch them. You know, I, I don't know. I just, I thought that was important. So, so when you guys are out celebrating Memorial Day, just remember there's a lot of sacrifice that went into giving you those freedoms and it's fun to barbecue and it's fun to have a good time, but it's also, you know, if you're drinking, raise a glass one time and just make a point to, to remember the sacrifice that went into those freedoms you have to go to the beach or, or have a barbecue or, or, you know, go to sleep that night without worrying that people are going to come kick down your door and take you away in the night. Yeah. Also, don't thank a veteran. This ain't the day for it. This is not yeah. it. That'll piss that'll piss a veteran off. You know, and because they're not been, dead. <laughs> yeah, I've been thanked on this on this day. I'm like, hey man, appreciate it, but this ain't it. This this ain't it, man. This this is Memorial Day. This is for all those that uh that lost their lives. Um so remember, have fun. Remember those who are no longer here, but please don't thank a fucking veteran. It, this ain't it. All right. Yeah. And, and you know what, if, if you're a, if you're a business and you want to, you're trying to, I, I don't know, something about Memorial day sales doesn't sit right with me either. Like it's like trying to make money off of, of those who are, who are gone. I mean, yeah. I don't, maybe if it's like, alcohol, <laughs> right. Alcohol and meat, you know, Fuck. <laughs> you know, half price tickets to the beach, half price tickets to national parks, you know, put things on sale free that six pack to do so. right <laughs> yeah it. right no no deal it's just free six pack oh. and a free uh rack of ribs or some shit i don't i don't know but uh, something it's it's whatever but is what it is so the another message i got was um was a video and it was a uh kind of an investigative report you know something similar to like vice tv or whatever um and it might have even been vice i don't know uh, but it was a, a black woman, at least I'm assuming she was black. You know, she looked like she was either all black or part black. And she was talking about how she was a journalist in Los Angeles around the time of the, she said protests, I'll say protests and riots um, surrounding, you know, the death of uh, George Floyd and, uh, which we, you know, this just recently passed the anniversary of that, and that stupid ass president was trying to tie the mass shooting in Texas to the death of George. Floyd. Oh, Barack Obama. Yeah, whatever. That pissed me off so bad. Anyway, I digress. He's a cock. She she sent us this message, or he sent us this message about this uh, female investigative journalist, where she had done a report on uh, police gangs and asked us to kind of talk about it a little bit and what we thought um first of all i've i'm not aware of any i've never been made aware of any known case of a, a an actual gang being uncovered in the modern day police era maybe pre prohibition um, I wouldn't say gang, right? However, there was some agents of the FBI embedded into the sheriff's department and the jails 
And this came out a while ago, and this is probably what it's referring to. No, there it was, was it's more than that, but go ahead. Oh, is it? There was a yeah, group of it involves that and other things. Right. But there was a group of people in a detention facility that mm-hmm. were deputies mm-hmm. that were getting tattoos of a certain crew or click inside of that facility. Um and had done some shady shit, some fucked up things and got caught by the feds. And it was a big thing in the newspapers and stuff like that. However, and, and I don't know too, too much on it because I was like, Oh, they're going to deal with that. They're, they're the sheriff's department. They're going to whatever. Um, I, I'd never been a part of it. Uh, I've never seen anything like that. And in my agency, there has been no one that come up to me like, Hey man, you want to get this tattoo and be part of our special group when we do X, Y, and Z. No, no, no. There's even a show out right now regarding Baltimore. It's called We Own the City. It's called Baltimore, Maryland, uh, BPD, Baltimore Police Department, and where they have the Gun Trace Task Force. And I think some of you guys have probably watched it. They have a Gun Trace Task Force and other, you know, plain clothes units that, that go out and they take down crooks and criminals and get guns off the street. However, when they find cash, sometimes they line their pockets only. They only uh, report so much back to evidence and then they keep some of it and there's this whole show on it. Um, I, and I don't know if it's, I think it might be based on some sort of events that have taken place. Um, I, I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, there's criminals, there's cops. No, no, no. There's just shitty people everywhere. There's shitty doctors, there's shitty pilots, mm-hmm. there's shitty, there's shitty people. There's, there's going to be some bad apples in, in law enforcement. And I can't tell you that as good cops we do not like bad apples and we will root them out and if we see it or it's brought up to us like no no that that that's not right that's not cool that doesn't sit right with me um and i'm watching this show right now and it's crazy to think that something like that could be in law enforcement but i take it with a grain of salt because i personally and i don't think you have either um i've never seen anything to like that magnitude you know you always hear those stories back and forth so i know people like that but i've never seen it I'm going to speak to a concept that, that people need to understand. Um, There's a concept called a station tattoo. Okay. And the station tattoo is just that you work at a particular station. It's uh, for example, Chuck, do you have a Marine Corps tattoo? I do. You do. Okay. Um, I'm sure many of our veterans that are listening have had, uh, tattoos for their branch of the service they were in. They've probably had tattoos. Some of them probably have tattoos for a unit they were serving with. Some of them may have had tattoos for a ship they served on. Um, the concept of a station tattoo is similar. All right. Yeah. You work at a particular station for long enough. Some guys work at stations their entire career, right? Mm-hmm. They get to know their community. They get to know their people. And um, I, I, LAPD has had station tattoos. LA Sheriff has had station tattoos. Uh, I worked with a guy on my department who went and got our badge tattooed on his arm. You know, big as mm-hmm. life. Um, these are not uncommon things. Now, there is a certain level of, um, I'll say, certain stations, there's a certain tattoo. And it, because it's a source of pride, you have to be invited to get the tattoo. 
right? Um, there is a, there's a, a, a kind of a close knit group of people that are, uh, are it's it, again, it's like a military unit. You know, if you're in the unit, you know, if you're in a gang unit, you maybe get a gang unit tattoo. Well, if you're in a, you know, military unit, you get that military unit's tattoo. Merely get being invited to being recognized as a good street cop and invited to get a station tattoo does not make you a gang member. Not at all. At all. Whatsoever. And without mentioning any names, I have personally known someone who got a station tattoo, was invited to get a station tattoo. And then when it hit the fan, he was sacrificed on the altar of public opinion for having a fucking station tattoo and lost his job for three years. Lord. Three years. Lost his job. Ultimately, dude got back pay and got his job back and is still a cop. Now, I... Man, I just don't know how you go back after your department does you like that, but he did. And he went back successfully and, and he just found a, a an assignment he could deal with. And, you know, luckily it was a big enough department where he could disappear. But he got fired because he had a station tattoo and he had to spend three years proving that he had done nothing wrong other than yeah. be recognized by his group. So imagine you're in the military you're a veteran you're in in a a particular unit you know let's say you're in a in a special operations unit a special forces the seals the you know any of the recon hell you could just do what truck uh, chuck did and work in tracking you know and 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 tracked vehicles and you get a tattoo yeah you get a tattoo that's associated with your job with the unit you were served in and then that that unit ends up having one or two people that go out and do something stupid, right? Or they're assholes who go and commit a crime, or they violate the military code of justice, or they violate the rules of engagement while they're deployed, right? And they le- let's say they legitimately did it, and they deserve to be punished. Well, now imagine the military rounding up everybody with that tattoo that those guys have that's in their unit and saying, you guys all have that tattoo. You must be in a gang. You're all fired. You're all dishonorably discharged. That is way different than uncovering corruption by a bunch of deputies in a jail or a bunch of officers out on the street and, and saying, these are corrupt cops and they need to go. Corrupt cops need to go. Absolutely. For sure. But, but I, I've never, I have, like, I, I don't, I, this, the whole idea, I, I looked it up. I, Wikipedia actually has a page <laughs> dedicated to, and I mean, it's Wikipedia, so, you know, whatever, but they have a page dedicated to LA. It says LA Sheriff's Street Gangs, right? And I'm looking up oh these God. gangs, and you know what they are? They're, they're stations. They're, they're groups of deputies within a station that have given themselves a nickname. And I could tell yeah. you, I got branded with this because um, there's a, there's a Joseph Wamba book for those of you who've never read it called choir boys. And they made it into a movie. If you can find it, it was a pretty cool movie, um, but it was based on, 
you know, Joseph Lombaugh's experiences with the LAPD. And there was a group of guys that got together after work for something we've talked about on the show called choir practice. Some bad shit happened. And a bunch of them lost their jobs. Well, my buddy and I, we were the, you know, we were two young cops and, and, and in a a department full of some kind of old loser guys or, or shitty guys, you know, we were young, hard charging cops. And we went and had stickers made for our cars. We both had Tahoes and we had stickers made for our back window that said choir boys, right? Based on the Joseph Wambaugh book, the choir boys. It took about two weeks for us to be ordered by the administration to take the stickers off our cars because they didn't want the appearance that we were affiliated with (laughs) a gang. And and to, to their, I'll give some credit to their argument. There is a motorcycle group uh, that you have to be a cop to join this motorcycle group called the choir boys. So it's similar to other motorcycle clubs, MCs, you know, except instead of running drugs and meth, they are a bunch of cops. (laughs) And I don't know if it's still around. I don't know if it's still around either. Well, I I know I I know police motorcycle clubs are still around. I just don't know if Choir Boys is still around. Um, However, I think it is. Choir Boys just became a slang for you know cop. The same way it it was basically almost like putting a thin blue line sticker on your car. But at the time, cops didn't put thin blue line stickers on their car. You hid that shit. Mm -hmm. You you did not tell people you were a cop. I hide it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I had that shit. Yeah. But, you know, we had the choir boy stickers because nobody knew what that was but us. So imagine if we had, if if one of us had done something stupid and the media had portrayed us as being in a police gang because we went out and got stickers made for the backs of our fucking cars. To me, that is what most of these people don't understand. That's most of what they're talking about. If you want to say that police are involved in undercover, covert, illegal gangs that run around the city. No, 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 no. I haven't seen any. Yeah. They, they get, you know, they get a a bonding, they get a spree decor, they get a camaraderie from being at the same station with a bunch of guys seeing the same shit, just like guys who, you know, go overseas and serve with their buddies on a deployment and they bond for the, you know, six to 18 months or whatever, depending. And, you you can't break that bond. You can't you can't alter it. And if they decide to get tattoos to to say, hey, look, check out this group we're in, that's not abnormal. I mean, no, it doesn't mean you're part of a gang. Yeah. Have there been dumb cops who have done bad things, criminal things? Yep. Absolutely. Has there been doctors who have done bad criminal things? Yes. Right. So just because you're a cop and it doesn't mean you're a part of a fucking gang just because you get um, a, a pride um, tattoo of a prideful law enforcement tattoo does not mean you are part of a gang. It means you have pride in the shit that you do. Um, there are always going to be people who give others a bad name. It doesn't mean you're associated with them. Um, I have never seen police gangs inside of a law enforcement agency. And um, I've heard of coppers doing bad things. Mm-hmm. You've seen it on the news. You've you've seen other places, and they get fired. Um, yep. I have never been a part of anything. I've never seen anything. So for me to to hear police gangs, I think that is completely one sided. Uh, you know, 
a crazy fanatic ideology that's out there. You know, I, I have never seen it. Um, you know, I, I've only seen things on the news and just like much of everybody else, but living the life of a law enforcement officer for a decade, mm-hmm. I've never seen police gangs. I've seen, I've heard really of symbolism women and tattoos. Yeah. I've heard but that's not a police tattoos, gang. but no, like, like you get a tattoo and then, it, you know, you're allowed to get certain things added to that tattoo based on whether you've been involved in a shooting or whether you've this or whether you've that. But I mean, again, just altering your tattoo based on your level of experience. I mean, hell, they hand out uh, pins or ribbons for guys that are in SWAT or that are canine officers or that are on the, the dive team. They they hand out pins for guys that make the most DUI arrests. You know, it's not uncommon yeah. for We're us to cars. recognize accomplishments in your career. Now, is a shooting an accomplishment? I would argue it is because not everybody gets into one. Um, is it something you necessarily are like proud of and you want to run around telling people? No, but it also makes you a member of a club that not everybody is a part of. And sometimes it's easier to only talk to people that have been there and done that as this show has proven time and time again. So in kind of gatekeeping that club and making sure that, you know, it's, it's like, um, like somebody's running around with stolen valor, pretending they were part of a military unit that they weren't a part of. And somebody finds out they're going to get their ass beat. Right. You know, so the, the, I guess, yes, I know there's a slippery slope where those kinds of identification markers can create an us versus them mentality. But I mean, let's face it. The uniform does that more than anything else. The society, you know, treating cops differently does that more than anything else, way more than any fucking tattoo can, or, or, you know, whether your tattoo has a, as a, has a tick mark on it or a bullet hole on it or a, a skull on it or whatever it is. So, I, I mean, I guess that is to say that yes, cops do shitty shit just like any other profession. And when they do, they should be gotten rid of and no tattoo can change that. Now, do I think there's a possibility that cops have taken it too far and created like fight clubs and gangs and all that kind of stuff? <laughs> yeah. I, I I just don't think it's as prevalent and rampant as people would like you to believe, because if it were, we would have seen it a lot more. What that, that article sounds like to me is liberal ideology brought to you by the defund the police movement. Right. Um, backed by probably BLM and things like that to create a distrust of law enforcement and modern day policing. Um, And I have worked with nothing but solid officers from different agencies. I have never come across it. So I think that it is complete bullshit and it's asinine. Have there been, like we've said, beaten like a dead horse, but have I seen uh, or heard of things that cops have done dumb, dumb criminal things? Yes. Just like you have in any other profession, humans mm-hmm. aren't perfect human beings, but all the officers, now I'm talking thousands of officers that I have met and seen have all strived to do the Lord's work and to be a better part of society and to take the evildoers out of society and put them away behind bars, which is a very honorable job and position to be put in. So I think that that, that whole article is bullshit. Um, I'm going to say it right now, you know. And the more you look on anything on 
Instagram, Facebook, the internet. You could support any hypothesis you really want. Just go mm-hmm. on WebMD when you have a cold. Next thing you know, you're down a rabbit hole. You're like, oh my God, I could have this rare illness. Oh, I'm dying. <clears throat> no, you're just allowing your mind to take over into researching things that align the way that you're feeling or want them to turn out to be. It, it, I, it, I think it's just bullshit. I, I don't think that there's any types of police gangs out there. That's complete horse shit. I don't think, I, I don't think it's as rampant. <sighs> I, I think no. I, if it is, it's so rare. But you know what? I, I, will, I will say this. Any group that's entrenched in, you know, in a small contained unit for any length of time, whether it's narcotics detectives who eventually start stealing money from dope dealers, the way it's, it's been, it's happened over the years, you know, I, I I mean, not to, not to continue to rag on LA Sheriff's department, but LA Sheriff's department had that problem with uh, narcotics detectives that had been together for so long. They became so corrupt. They just started stealing money from drug dealers. And yes, that can happen, but, but that can happen. Look at what's happening with the FBI and you look at what's happening with the government when they talk about the shadow government and all that kind of stuff. It's a bureaucratic government. It's people that have been doing their jobs for so long that they feel like there's no accountability and they can get away with anything. So it's not just police. It's not just FBI. It's look at doctors, doctors to bring up, bring it back to what Chuck had said. Doctors will straight up abuse medications and treat patients like shit and do what they, some of them will do whatever they want. Does that make every doctor a piece of shit? No. Does it mean that sometimes doctors can kind of buy into their own bullshit and say, well, I'm not being held accountable. I can do whatever I want. I'm a fucking doctor. Yes. But that again, happens to anybody. Absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. Everybody's heard that expression, you know, and Anybody in a position of authority who isn't held accountable can end up using that authority and that power wrongfully. So don't, don't, for those of you saying, oh, bullshit, cop gangs exist. We're not saying that they don't exist somewhere in, on the, on the planet. I'm sure they do. They probably exist in all kinds of places, but, but not as prevalent it's not this huge, massive, you know, oh, my God, these, these departments all have these gangs and everybody's forced to join them and this and that and the other thing. No, 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 no. No. In hell, the Rampart scandal, if you actually re- – everybody thinks of the Rampart scandal when they think about police corruption. And if you actually go back and look at the results of the investigation to Rampart, you will find that most of the cops were exonerated, and I believe only four of them were punished. And for nothing even remotely – like what they were accused of doing. It was all for administrative stuff. Be- and it was because that the, the piece of shit that accused the cops at Rampart was just that. He was a, it was a crooked cop piece of shit who decided yeah, to take Perez. good cops. Yeah, Rafael Perez. He was, a, he was an actual gang member. David Mack was an actual <laughs> gang member. Like they were in yes. criminal street gangs. So, it, yes, corruption happens everywhere. It happens to everyone. But this idea that, that, you know, Los Angeles is run by ramp. Let me tell you, if LAPD had, had, had gangs or LA sheriffs had gang gangs, you know, cop gangs, I I think it, you, you'd see a lot more violence. Than, yeah. Like, Oh, anyway. And has there been just... a group of dipshits? Probably. Yeah, absolutely. But it's not like what these, these, these uh, tabloid article clickbait articles are saying. Right. right. Um, but I think that we've beat this horse. 
yeah. probably enough. Um, there, there is a couple things I do want to touch base on um, tactically. There was a video floating around that was sent to us regarding a tasing incident. Mm. Watched the whole video, posted the whole video. Within two minutes, it was taken down for uh, against like for for uh, for something against policy standards for Instagram. Yeah. Uh, and it's our and, page is public, so we can't put other pages that are private. You have to request, and they have to approve you. They can post stuff like that, but because our page is public, the, the standards of what we can post get a little more strict. Right. So basically what it was for those who maybe didn't see it or didn't see it everywhere else that was all over Instagram and the internet was basically uh, a group of officers that were um, going to take down a suspect on a motorcycle uh, suspect pulls into a gas station on a bike uh, guest starts to pump gas. They go to do a takedown. They take him down. Gas flies out. You hear one of the officers saying, I'm going to tase you. I'm going to tase you. They hit him. Nothing happens, right? They tase him. Okay, we're good. And then one of the officers says, hey, stop the pump. There's gas. Okay. And then the guy goes, stop resisting. Stop fighting. I'm going to tase you again. That is a bad, bad, bad thing to do anytime. And there's been other videos where people have been pepper sprayed um, and gasoline. Okay. If you're, there's anything highly flammable and you tase someone, there is an art there, there that could set off any type of combustible material, flammable material. So it's always best to err on the side of caution. If there's any type of flammable material don't pull out an electrically charged less than lethal weapon, such as a taser. Um, don't do it because it has the possibility of setting something on fire or a person. <laughs> and what happened in the second time the guy got tased, the suspect and the officer got set on fire. Yeah. Basic um, science, fuel, right. Oxygen, spark, fire. That's how you get it. Yes. Those are the three things. So, gasoline <laughs> is a fuel <laughs> the air is yeah. full of oxygen and a taser provides a spark just be aware of your surroundings um law enforcement officers out there maybe some agencies don't have uh policy on tasers where you they talk about it in depth at nausea uh, or nauseam or whatever about things that can go wrong when a taser is deployed when to use it when not to use it when to err on the side of caution when to use the other skills that are in your side of your tool belt such as hand-to-hand combat, ground combat, things like that. I think in that situation, and this is me Monday morning quarterbacking it, which I hate doing, um, is I probably would not have tased him if someone had brought out a taser. Like, no, but it is so easy to get involved in tunnel vision where you use your taser because you're ingrained. Hey, use a taser. It works. It doesn't always work, but it's a good tool. Now, I've used taser a bunch of times. Uh, It works. Sometimes I can tell you right now, it doesn't always work no. and it, it, it works. And when it works, it works. But when it doesn't work, you have to be able to transition to something else. Mm-hmm. I know that there's times where it can't, or maybe your, 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 your taser battery is dead or something like that or whatever. Um, however, you got to use some sort of, um, you got to use your, your other skills, hearing yeah. sight, things like that, your tactics. Hey, this taser is not a good idea to use because we're at a gas pump and there's there could be fuel on the ground. Let's not use it. Let's go hand hands on um, and, and utilize, you know, um, other takedown techniques. I think that would have been beneficial in this, this one. Cause you wouldn't have had Something a massive fireball. Knowing what your propellant is on your pepper spray. Like is your, is your pepper spray oil-based water-based is the, is it alcohol-based if it's alcohol-based or even oil-based and you spray somebody and you tase them, there is a chance they'll go up in flames as evidenced by that dude, their video from the surveillance footage. I watched right. it. He's in custody 
He's been pepper sprayed. Then they tase him and they, he gets set on oh, fire. That was in the jail facility. Yeah. I remember yeah. the holy crap. He went yeah. up like a fucking went up like ball a of flame Christmas tree. Box. Like, God damn. And so it's, it, this is, this is about mental preparation as much as anything else, right? Like Chuck is saying, have a plan, have a backup plan, and then have a third backup plan. Cause your second one's probably not going to work either. Like, Know what your steps are. Know what you know what you can and can't do. Know what you're armed with. If you have a if you have an alcohol based pepper spray, then know that once pepper spray has been deployed, taser is probably not an option. Yeah, and and be not, able to articulate that. Also, I'm going to go one further with a taser. If you're a body of water, mm. don't use it. Mm. Don't yeah, no electricity use and it. water are not friends. That, but also Actually, they're you too can good to hate someone. Um, and they can go in the water and they can suck up water and drown. And next thing you know, you have it in custody death. Not a good idea. Yep. So always be mindful of your of your tools and your tool belt. Mm-hmm. Know when to use them, when not to use them, when you err on the set of caution of probably not using it. And be able to articulate the reason why you didn't use it. If your agency is like, well, well, you had this. Why didn't you use it? Well, X, Y, and Z, this is why I didn't use it. I, perfect example. I was involved in use of force where um, the subject was mentally unstable. He was mentally ill. He was going to put him on a, on a hold. He drank a bunch of bleach, about a gallon worth build it all over his body because he utilized that bleach. I didn't want to tase him. It's a base. It's acidic. I didn't want to fuck with it. Um, would it have gone up? Probably not. However, I'm not a scientist. Okay. Nor yeah. am I a biologist as uh, one lady said, but I was like, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to use my other tool, my tool belt. I can articulate it. I'll go hands-on. Plus I think it would have been safer. Um, Cause you just drink a bunch of bleach and you know what was able to get uh, the subject in custody and get him to the hospital. And we were okay. Um, I don't know about him, but I was okay. My partner was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that bleach tore him up. However, just know when to use it, when to err on the side of caution. I erred on the side of caution because I didn't want any issues with that. And it's always good to err on the side of caution, but you have to be mindful of the other tools that you can use. And yeah. if you're like, well, I don't have great hand to hand combat. Go learn it. Yeah. Go do some follow-up training. If your agency doesn't teach it, you need to take that upon yourself because it can save your life one day. You know, I don't love always I love hands. Yeah. But don't I always be like, oh, I got Johnny this tool. Brooks. It's gonna work. No, yeah. but when it doesn't, what do you have? You have your hands. So there's that. Um and then um there is the other thing that we've been asked to touch on. Yeah, the um, big elephant in the room. And yeah, and that happened in uh in Texas. Mm-hmm. And that's where a crazed psychopath killed members of his family and then went to a school and killed a bunch of innocent children and and teachers now there's been a lot of things floating around why didn't the cops go in this and that things are still coming in we even us we don't know everything um i will say this though and every agency should probably learn active shooter scenarios and situations i've been involved in an active shooter scenario and we as soon as we got our team together we went in there has been policy written on active shooters. There's been a couple big agencies in the country who have written policy on it and have created tactics regarding it. And some of those tactics are as follows. Once you respond to an active shooter call and there is an active shooter inside and you hear gunshots ringing off, as soon as four members, four to five members, where you can put a fire team and person in the center of the diamond formation as communications is there, you immediately go in towards the sound of gunfire, uh, directly towards the sound of gunfire. Once the shooting stops, you do a slow and methodical search 
for that suspect because now you don't know where that suspect is but you go yeah, where there's the sounds a static situation heard. versus a kinetic situation if it's static right. there's no shooting slow down right but if there's shooting and so aggress the threat you're right and uh, we weren't there we don't know what happened so we cannot speak to it but we, we will be later speak to but. right is policy regarding active shooter scenarios you know we were involved in one in my agency where active shooter happened we knew it was going to be an active shooter when we got there we didn't hear any guns, gunfire, anything like that. But we also only took about maybe five, 10 minutes to gather our teams and immediately start going in for a search um, where that suspect was last known and ultimately found suspect, suspect had eaten his gun. End of story. We continue to search everything for any outstanding suspects and we're met with none. And once we declare the scene safe, you know, we, we handed it over to, uh, the detectives and things like that. But when you have, when that's in your mind, you have an active shooter scenario where, you know, a suspect is in there, you know, he's armed with a gun. Yes. It's okay to be scared. However, going to have to put that on the back burner because there are lives at stake that you need to protect. You were swore to protect. Yeah. No one's saying you, that's the job. No one is saying that, that cops should, should, as soon as you pin that badge on, it doesn't mean you give up your life. It doesn't mean you're going to go and commit suicide. Right. What it does mean, though, is that you have the potential. You have you write a you write a check, a blank check. It could be cashed. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean you're going to put yourself in a scenario where it's a suicide mission. However, I can only speak for myself. If there was something going on where I knew people were dying and I heard it, I would gather my team and immediately go inside. If it's without yeah. with with disregard for my own life, because there are other people's lives in there that need to be saved, that people count on us to do it. Um, and you don't have to be reckless. You don't have to be stupid, but you right? may have to put yourself in harm's way. You, you, and exactly. No one's saying you you got to go and commit suicide. No, you, you can put yourself in harm's way and be as safe about it as possible, and utilize right. your tactics and skills and techniques. Um, and there was one man who, who from the border patrol who heard it and rushed in. There was a couple other BP agents that that went in um, that I have seen come out. And the one border patrol agent had his gear with him. He mm-hmm. heard it. He went responded to the school. Immediately went in, engaged a suspect, took a round in his head, and he put suspect down. Yeah. Um, and, and he only got grazed. You know, thank he God. He did a great job. He did a good job. God, and dude. we will be talking about it. We I don't want to beat a dead horse about it because we don't know the details. We've right. heard we the don't reports. Know We've heard the rumors. We, you know, was there a response immediately? Did people wait? We have no idea. Right now, we're waiting. This podcast wants to be responsible and get the facts. And 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 you know, um, so uh we'll just we'll just leave it at that. Chuck is speaking yeah. to uh, a generic policy of you you need to take you know, one of the first active shooters in 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 memory that they would would can you know i guess conform to the modern definition no i'm talking about going back to the the shooter at texas university who climbed the bell tower oh uh, okay charles Whit- charles lee whitman or charles whitman and the way that ended was he was shooting co-eds with a sniper rifle and cops you know a single lone officer or two different officers who didn't know about each other decided they had to go up there and kill this dude and so they stormed the tower by themselves not knowing yeah. about each other and and that's just you know the same thing with the school is you know one of the reasons columbine was so awful is they waited for swat you know we'll have we've been threatening to do that debrief for years i should probably we should probably just do it um yeah but uh anyway 
that's why we, we we'll talk about the whole incident later when we know more we just want to be responsible and not you know there's <clears throat> right now even the governor of texas is saying that the information he's been getting is is bad info so and we uh, saw it change yep day of i mean it was it was a guy who like, was being so chased by border idea. patrol we now it wasn't a guy who was being chased by border like so right we're gonna wait until that um, as we're coming to the end for this Memorial Day, I wanted to give two special dedications. These are listener requests. One is for a, a man we have had listening to our show for a long time, and uh, he asked that we dedicate an episode to his uh, U.S. Navy shipmate and brother, uh, Gunner's Mate 3, Eugene, Heath Eugene Stillwagon, Turret 2, uh, and he served on board the USS Iowa. In turret two, he was 22 years old from Pennsylvania. Uh, he reported on board the USS Iowa in 1987. He was initially assigned to turret three, but uh, he had some issues with some of the other guys. So uh, they got him transferred to turret two. So it would be a little easier for him. And uh, uh, after they got the fire out uh, in turret two, this was the USS Iowa when the turret exploded and caught fire. Um, he found out that uh, his, his, his brother uh, shipmate Heath, had passed. So uh, we want to dedicate this Memorial Day episode to Heath Eugene Stillwagon. And we also want to dedicate it to, uh, we have another listener dedication. Uh, he wrote in and requested that we dedicate an episode to someone that had uh, passed is John, uh, I'm going to say this right, Bolgiano or Bolgiano. Uh, he was a police officer. Uh, I won't say his agency or anything um but he was struggling with an on-the-job shooting where he and a SWAT team member engaged with a fleeing suspect he drew a gun on them they engaged um and he'd been relying on uh alcohol to cope with his feelings for the last year and a half um he and his uh his, his family uh someone he cares about they got into it a little bit um his life just was in a downward spiral and he decided to end it and took his own life. So um, I want to dedicate this episode to him as well, uh, because, you know, as far as I'm concerned, um, that's not, yes, we have a lot of feelings about when people decide to end their own lives and it's a hard thing to talk about, but ultimately uh, I don't believe that uh, the officer would have ended his life if he hadn't been involved in that shooting on the job and coping with it with alcohol. So uh, rest easy, brothers. We got it from here. And just remember, if, you, if you're hurting, if you need some help, say something, talk to somebody. Uh, you know, no man is an island. So that's, that's all I have to In the words of Forrest Gump, that's all I have to say about that. And to piggyback up on that, um, for all the men and women who have lost their lives, who selflessly gave up their lives in the pursuit of freedom in the United States, we're gone, but not forgotten. So, yeah. Well, then, all right. Um, Chuck, I do want to say this. Thank you for everyone listening today. If you like today's podcast, please go, please go follow us on our Instagram at war underscore stories, underscore official and our Facebook at war stories podcast. You already follow us and share our posts and our info. Um, you can also go to the link in our bio on Instagram and Facebook to reach all of our socials, our media and website. Our podcast is on all major podcast streaming platforms, as well as on YouTube. If you want to support us, please go to our website at www.warstoriesofficial.com and grab some gear. We still have some whoopee hoodies, shirts, patches, and stickers left. We will be doing, uh, some, uh, summer gear as well. 
And if you want to be featured on our show and think you have a story or want to share your story, please go to booking.warstories at gmail.com and send me your info and story. I can get you booked. We are looking for law enforcement, corrections, dispatchers, fire, medics, and veterans. If you have a friend who you think would be a great fit, let them know about us and give them our booking email. Again, thank you for the support and stay safe and have a safe memorial. And we may be doing more of these uh, topical episodes because we, we keep getting asked for us to talk about this kind of stuff. So if you enjoy them and you have topics that you want us to discuss, please continue to send them in. Uh, one of the upcoming episodes that uh, we've been asked to do recently is to talk about concealed carry and some of the, the things to consider. I know Chuck has actually written an article about this, um, about the, some of the considerations um, uh, when you're carrying a gun and, and the kinds of things you need to think about. So I know I've got some stories to share about. Hell, my my. You know, first OIS when I, you know, the, the first time I'd ever been involved in a critical incident, the OIS I got involved in, uh, we were playing close and we had to con- draw from concealed carry in a car. Like it was worst case scenario. So, uh, my father ingrained in me a lot of stories about concealed carry. We'll be talking about that, um, in an episode coming up. If you have other topics like that that you, uh, want to get some perspective on, whether it's, um, you know, something that has to do with on duty or off duty, uh, let us know. And until our next episode, come home with your shield or on it.